Good morning. It is a great movie, that one. I love his humility. Um, he is teachable, isn't he? He says if he doesn't know the answer, he's prepared to find out. I love it. Um, I wonder if you um, have a favorite bit of wisdom, a favorite saying or a favorite bit of wisdom. I do think I agree with Troy this morning. Thanks. Um, that you, you might have one this morning, something like um, the wise person comes to NCR on a morning like this because they shall be cool for several hours or something. I don't know. I have no air conditioning, so I'm going to stay here as long as I can. <laughs> One of my very favorite lines of wisdom um, that I've liked for quite a while now, I haven't topped it yet, uh, is, wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. So I invite you this morning, you are here, be all here for every moment of this morning in conversation, in listening, in singing, in every moment. We've been exploring, as you've heard, wisdom this month. One thing I love about God is that he is mysterious and complex and beyond our understanding, hard to fathom, and yet he is utterly knowable at the same time. I love that it is his desire that we get to know him. He wants us to know him. So he does all sorts of things to help us to know him. And one of those things is that he uses imagery. He paints pictures in our imagination to explain things that may be beyond our imagination otherwise. And I rather like um, the imagery he uses for wisdom that we've thought about this month already. But I think it's pretty special imagery for wisdom. He describes Wisdom as a woman, of course. Lady Wisdom herself. Wisdom is absolutely part of who God is. It's a characteristic of who he is. It's an attribute of who he is himself. But but God describes uh, wisdom as Lady Wisdom to help us understand. The Bible project, let's see if I can remember how to work this. Uh, How do I turn it on? It's on. on. I'll point that way. Thank you. That way. (laughs) wisdom. Okay. I'm pointing to, ah, there we are. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. I'm back. I'm on it now. Um, uh, the Bible Project, you may, have, may or may not have heard of them, put these fabulous little clips together um, of, on all sorts of things, on lots of books in the Bible. And on their books that um, are the three wisdom books, the books that are full of wisdom in the Bible, they have this fabulous series. I highly encourage you to go and watch them. Um, fantastic. Learn more about wisdom. But this is how they imagine. I wonder whether your picture in your head of Lady Wisdom is a little bit different to this. Mine was a little bit different. But this picture here is how they imagine lady wisdom to be hovering over the earth like that and in the beginning of the book of proverbs which is one of the books in the bible of wisdom there are several poems that come up and they describe what lady wisdom is like this is one of them (laughs) i'm teachable (laughs) oh i'm not teachable (laughs) okay thank you All right, that's the second one, though. Where's the one before? There. Okay. Golly gosh. All right. (laughs) Let's look at this first poem about Lady Wisdom. It says, God, this is her describing herself, God sovereignly made me the first, the basic. Before he did anything else, I was brought into being a long time ago, well before Earth got its start. I arrived on the scene before ocean, yes, 
even before springs and rivers and lakes, before mountains were sculpted and hills took shape, I was already there, newborn. Long before God stretched out earth's horizons and tended to the minute details of soil and weather and set sky firmly in place, I was there. When he mapped and gave borders to wild ocean, built the vast vault of heaven and installed the fountains that fed ocean. When he drew a boundary for sea, posted a sign that said no trespassing and then staked out earth's foundations. I was right there with him, making sure everything fit. Day after day, I was there with my joyful applause, always enjoying his company, delighted with the world of things and creatures, happily celebrating the human family. With Lady Wisdom, the earth is created, and she delights as she sees God speak, and the world and its creatures come to life and being born. She sees how intricate and amazing it is. She has always known what lies at the bottom of the oceans. She knows and has always known that brains can be rewired. She knows all about quantum stuff. I didn't even know how to write that word in a sentence because I know nothing about it. But she gets quantum stuff already and we are just discovering it. She knows all about the laws of nature and how they work so beautifully and intricately together so that life can actually happen on this planet, that life can um, flourish on this planet. And as she watches human beings being created, the pinnacle of all creation, it says that she celebrates. She celebrates this moment because she sees the incredible potential that human beings have. And because she sees what a magnificent, what an amazing world they have been born into. And she knows too how they need to live. They need to live in this way if they want to flourish. They need to live in this way if they want life to go well. As you've heard, this morning we're thinking about being teachable. I love the line from Will Smith where he says, if I don't know it, I'll say I don't know it, and I will go and find out the answer. He was showing that he is teachable. Are we teachable? Or do we think that we're so wise in our own eyes that we know it all about everything? I wrote that line and I thought, nah, I don't think there's one person at NCR that is arrogant enough to think that. And then I read that to my husband. He says, you can't call them arrogant. What if they do think that? It's like, they don't. I don't think there's anybody at NCR that thinks they know it all in every aspect of life. But there are aspects of life where we do know a lot of stuff. There are um, things in our lives where we are actually experts and know things. Maybe it's an area of work. Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe it's how we care for the world, how we serve, how we lead in different things. In those aspects of life, are we teachable? Are we open? Even if we think that we're an expert in it, are we open? Where can we learn more wisdom in those areas? Back to Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom wasn't just there at the start when the world was creating, joyfully applauding, I love that imagery, and celebrating the world. But she has continued to have a job. Oh, wise in your own eyes, there. This is what she says. It's a description of her. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. 
How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come, come and listen to my counsel. I will share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. She sees that humankind are not living up to the incredible potential that she celebrated at the beginning. She knows that the world and its people in many ways are broken. But she doesn't give up. She knows to keep calling, I have wisdom for you. Listen to my wisdom. I have more wisdom for you in the situations If you follow my advice, if you listen to my wisdom, you will live a life that is better and the world can be a better place. She continues to call. How can we live a life that is teachable and grow in wisdom? I have two thoughts on that. One of them is I think that we need to be open. We need to live lives that are open. Because if we are not open, Lady Wisdom can come right up to our ear and bellow in it. And it just bounces off and we don't hear. Let us be open. Proverbs says, Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. I imagine most of you have had uh, a time in your life, probably multiple times um, for most of us, I imagine, where we thought we'd been right about something only to discover that maybe our idea or our thought wasn't quite right. I remember um, moving to Australia quite a long time ago. And um, when I arrived, my husband's Australian, so I was getting to know his close friends um, and hanging out with them a bit. And I think I arrived November the 1st, 2000. And so Christmas came quickly and I came to their little Christmas gathering and they all exchanged really lovely gifts with each other. You gave everybody a gift and, you know, they'd been handmade or really beautifully thought about. It was very lovely. Um, And then second Christmas was coming and I thought, right, I know them now. I'm going to introduce a game, which I know many of you know. It's a KK game um, that's a bit different. Let's have a bit of fun. And so introduce the game. In this game, you have a set amount of money and you buy a present for every single person. Um, No, 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 you don't. You buy one present, beg your pardon saving the money, being wise or not. You buy one present, it can be a really silly present or it can be um, something very lovely, but you have this set amount. You wrap it up so nobody knows what it is and then during the evening, all the presents go into a pile in the middle. You pull numbers out of a hat and if you're number one, that's not good because you have to take a present and unwrap it. But any other numbers can go up to any of the open presents and steal it because that's actually something I'd quite like. Or, if you don't want to do that, you go and take a present that you don't know about because it's wrapped up in the middle and it could be a real dud. Often they're real duds. So, it's meant to just be fun. So, I, you know, I'm all excited and I'm explaining it and away it starts. I think there were 12 or 14 of us there. I stole something and possibly one other person stole something. And I remember the look on some of the faces as I thought, oh, I like that. I'm going to go and take that. There was almost this look of, she's stealing somebody else's present. I'd explained it really well, I thought. 
Stealing was to be encouraged. But oh no, it just went so pear-shaped, this game. And there was just this sense of disappointment. Normally we go home with all these beautiful gifts and I've got a calendar from, I don't know what they were, I can't remember, it was terrible. And I remember just thinking, oh dear. But... And then a few years later, I learned about love languages. I don't know whether you've heard anything about them, but how we show our love to people and we receive love to people in a variety of quite different ways. And I realized that quite a number of people in that group, that giving gifts to people was a way that they showed love. And if you shown thought and care in the way you gave a gift and chose something wisely or made something and spent time. It was just a beautiful way that they were able to show their love and they were able to feel love. And I had wiped that away in my desire for fun because love language, mine is not gifts. Um, I hadn't understood at all. I think it was just a small moment in time. It was just a small moment. It didn't really matter. But I learned a lot in that moment. And one of those things that I learned loud and clear was my ideas are not always the best ideas. I wish I had been open to lady wisdom and actually thought about the people there rather than just thinking what I would think would be fun. The second thing I think that we need to do is that we need to tune in. We need to tune in. It says in Proverbs, tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. There is a lot of noise in our world. There are a lot of voices telling us the best way to live. How do we tune in to wisdom? God wants to give us his wisdom. Lady wisdom longs to give us his wisdom. How can we tune in to that? As many of you know, I wear hearing aids. My um, audiologist is in the room, so I hope my illustration is right. Just forgive me if it's not. Um, I wear hearing aids, and I hadn't realized how clever our ears are with our brains until I actually got these hearing aids, because what your brains do, which you probably all know, but I hadn't realized, is that over time, I'm thinking, to just nod away, am I right? Over time, um, your brain learns whether certain noise should be tuned into and listened to or whether it can just be ignored. In my head, because I like thinking in pictures, it's like a little tappy finger that's in your brain. I know this isn't real. Um, and, um, and it taps your brain. If it's a noise, you should listen to. So if there's a dog barking in the distance, then your little tappy finger doesn't do anything. But if you're with somebody and they're talking to you, your little tappy finger goes, oi, wake up. You need to pay attention to this one. This actually matters. If there's a child crying, once you've assessed, maybe that happens straight away to some of you, some of you guys. I don't think it does. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> but this little tappy finger may, for many of you, boy or girl, terrible, um, tap away tap away, but then you realize it's not your own child, so then it just stops tapping. And so the noise almost becomes quieter. It just becomes this background noise that you're not aware of. Birds singing. How often do you actually hear the birds? But when you stop and listen, they're actually singing a lot of the time, but we've tuned out of them. Now, when you get hearing aids, they amplify every single sound. They make them an awful lot louder, which is a really good thing because you're deaf and you need to actually hear the sounds around you. But it just ruins... Am I doing right so far? 
vaguely. <laughs> um, but it absolutely ruins all that your brain has learned about tuning things out and what to focus on because everything is amplified. You sit there and somebody behind you, and you're listening to something, and somebody behind you is turning the pages in a book or something, and your brain's going, listen, turning pages, turning pages. And so the noise of turning pages is as loud as the person speaking. You're sitting there, and somebody is just tapping something or whistling quietly, and your brain is going, pay attention, pay attention. And it is so loud in your head, as loud as anything else that is happening. And so you need to take time. And it takes a few weeks, so be patient with us with hearing aids. Actually, it takes a lot longer, and still some noises just... But it takes time to retrain your brain. You have to retrain your brain. What do I choose to listen to? What do I tune out of? That is background noise. Dog barking in the distance, I can tune out of. Husband's voice, I shall tune into. (laughs) I shall tune into. He might disagree and say I've put that in background noise, but I do tune into my husband's voice. If we want to live wise lives, we need to choose where we tune our minds and our ears. Where can we find wisdom on social media? It is there, but I think it's hard to find. I think often the voice of social media, the loudest one is the lies. Everybody's happy all the time. Everyone cooks beautifully. Buy more and you'll be happy. All those things that are not the wisdom that we need to be hearing. Let's tune into the wise voices on social media. What about the voices of our friends around us? Which ones are the wise ones? I think they're the ones that are telling us to live with our full potential. They're telling us to live in a way where we have creativity and joy and generosity and compassion and kindness and love and all the amazing things about us telling us to be those people. What about wise teachers? Do we tune into wise teachers? Maybe there are some that you choose to listen to. And maybe you go online sometimes and you have found some really good teachers. And you know that their lives are lives of integrity. That they are living lives of wisdom and with integrity. So you know they are people that you can tune your ears to. Do you give time to God to speak to you? Pausing long enough that he can whisper his wisdom to you. A little plug here. If you find that hard to do, to stop and pause with God, walk to the foyer on your way out and sign up for Immerse. It is going to be fantastic. You are going to be thrilled that you have joined up for Immerse. Okay, we're going to pause for a moment. And we're actually going to think about our lives, okay? Um, So can I encourage you, if you're uncomfortable, just sit quietly and absolutely fine. Just, that's fine, absolutely fine. Only do this if you're happy to. Can I encourage you, even if you've got a lollipop in your mouth or whatever, um, to just take your hands and just to put them in your lap, to lower them in in your lap somehow. Even if you're younger or older, you can do this. There is no age to doing this. The oldest and the youngest in the room, even Asha maybe, I don't know. And just hold your hands in your lap. And we're going to take a little bit of time to, um, to ask Lady Wisdom, Wisdom to ask God to actually take our imaginations and to maybe speak to us. So I want you to think about, so you could, might want to lower your eyes or shut them if, if you'd want to. That's up to you. What is an area of your life at the moment where you think you are right about something? 
You may well be right about it. I'm not saying you're not right about it. But what is an area of your life right now, just one, that you think you're right about? Maybe it's the way you're parenting, the way you treat your parents, how you're loving a partner, a relationship, a friendship, the way you lead, the way you teach. Let one thing come to mind, an area where you think that you're right. And when that thing has come to mind, just imagine that you're actually holding it in your open hands. Imagine that it is sitting there, that one area, in your open hands. As it sits in your hands, is it tightly shut? Maybe it's wrapped in chains. That it's rigid. Or is it open and soft and pliable, open to change? How does it sit in your hands? If it is shut, are you prepared to choose to let it open up? It may not need to choose to change at all. It may be full of wisdom. It may actually take a long time to open up. But for now, just change the imagery that you have of it and imagine it as something that is actually open, sitting on your hands, maybe like a flower blooming in your hands. So we're sitting there with the areas that we think we're right open in our hands. And we're going to tune our ears to Lady Wisdom, created as an aspect of God, his wisdom. And we're going to ask, Lady Wisdom, God, in your kindness, Please help us and give us your wisdom. Is there anything that you want to speak to us about this area in our life? What comes to mind? What do you see? What do you hear? Maybe you have a beautiful sense of peace that you are actually acting wisely in that area. And that is great. Maybe people have been speaking to you about this area and we've ignored them, but we need to consider their advice. Maybe we've had a nagging doubt about something or we're having one now and we need to take some action. Maybe a completely new thought pops into our minds about better ways to deal with this. Has wisdom something to say to us? There may be steps that we need to take when we go home or back to work or school this week. Changes we need to make to this area. Or we may just be able to go into the week with this smile, knowing that we have peace in this area. I'm sensing that I am living a wise way in this area. Okay. You can look up and leave your hands. If there was something that you sense that has in any way unsettled you or something that you think I actually need to take action, please do not leave here without speaking to somebody. 
We have the most magnificent prayers in this church. So go to the corner afterwards, especially if it's something that unsettles, but anything at all. And they are longing to pray for people. So please go to that corner. As we journey through life, let us not be in such a hurry or so deaf that we ignore wisdom. Let us live lives that are open and tuned and teachable because then we will live better lives. Now I'm going to invite the band up in half a second. Normally when we invite the band up, that means we're about to close and we're finishing. And I know some people go, okay, she's done. Okay, but I have actually got one more point that I want to make that is not my conclusion, but it's a new point, and I think it really matters. So the band, would you like to come up, band? But don't stop listening is what I'm trying to say. It's a short point, okay? It's very short because I think this is matters. Because I do not believe that God or the Bible is naive, That is why I have to add this point. Sometimes we live a wise life and we are teachable and open and tuned into God and bad things happen and our life is not better and the world around us is not better. Are you able to move slow? Sorry, just so I can see them. Thanks. Thank you. Um, Curveballs still come at us and we don't get it. And I don't want to get down here without just saying something to that. There are three wisdom books in the Bible, and their main point is the point that we started with when Yvonne first spoke. And the main point is, if you want to live a wise life, the most important thing that they all come to is this, the fear of the Lord. It says in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fear of the Lord is nothing to do with being scared. It is not live a life in fear and be scared. It is to do with grasping the fact that God is God and I am not. That this world is not about me. I am not what the world is about. I am part of a much bigger story than me that starts with God and ends with God and has God as the king all the way through, loving, loving, loving king, all the way through. If I have fear in the Lord, then I choose to put my trust in him because there is no better place to put my trust. It does not mean my life will be rosy. It doesn't mean all will necessarily be well, but I can know that he will be with me without fail, loving me, offering comfort to me, um, doing many things in my life, through my life to death, through my death to life beyond my death. If I live a life of fearing the Lord, it means that I will live a humble life. It will not be about all that I can do for God, working hard, feeding my ego. It is about daily saying to him, God, here I am today. How can I join you in what you are doing today, God? How can I love like you love? How can I show compassion like you show compassion? If we want to walk well into 2018 and live a wise life, let us listen to Lady Wisdom. Let us be opened and tuned in because God longs to live us wisdom. Let us live in the fear of the Lord, the right and proper fear of the Lord. I'm going to finish with these words. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, 
Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night.